Welcome one and all to Tape Makers, uh, the show where we listen, discuss, and then based only on our opinion, objectively rank every single album ever released in one single tiered list. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all, all the good podcasting places, and rate and review if you can, and as always, share with your friends. I am one of your hosts, Josh Dollar, and I am joined with the lovely and agreeable Jared Richard. Jared, how are you doing? Feeling agreeable. Yeah, well, especially after last week, super agreeable. <laughs> uh, how you been? I've been good. Yeah. I, uh, you might notice I'm wearing a Dr. Dog shirt that I, yeah. you've, you've never seen me in before. Uh, Which leads me to believe that you went and saw the doctor, the doctor dog. I went and saw the doctor dog, and I'm going to turn around now. Last tour, fall 2021, is what the back of that said. Uh, it is it, it is their last, they, they announced that it was going to be their final tour. Right, ever. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, I have to see them. And you gotta see them. I did, and nice. I was not disappointed. Good. Was this your first time seeing Dr. Dog? Live um, and in person? Well, yeah, it, w- it was my first time seeing Dr. Dog. Uh, it was also um, the first live music I've seen since seeing Wolf Parade right before uh, quarantine. Yeah, we went to that show together. That's I was right. looking at uh, you know photo history for some reason, and I was looking for a different photo, but those popped up, and it was like, yeah, January 25th, 2020, or something like that. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's like six weeks before yeah. everything shut down. That was a good show. It was a really good show. Yeah. It was really, uh, but, yeah, a couple Doc- of mixing things I wasn't happy about. Yeah, but, yeah. but Dr. Dog, you're very happy you went and saw. Super happy. It and, was and, it, such good performers. Such a great audience, too. Like, it was very clear that everybody there was, like, a massive Dr. Dog fan. Right, yeah. There were a lot of people there that were like, it's Dr. Dog's, like, this is my last time seeing Dr. Dog. Right. I have to wear my Dr. Dog shirt. And so okay, there, were, yeah. there were a lot of people there wearing Dr. Dog shirts that weren't, like, at the merch booth that yeah. night, you know? Uh, because was, that's when that pretentious, like, oh, you don't wear the, your band shirt to the band show just always goes out the window where it's the last show. No, it's, it's like everybody there was like... Uh, Man, I'm gonna be the person with the the oldest Doctor Dog <laughs> shirt. I'm gonna be the person with a Doctor Dog shirt from like 2006, right? Yeah. <laughs> Back when they bootlegged everything, right? And yeah, no. Well, sure. their merch still looks bootlegged, but <laughs> well, but it's professionally bootlegged now, right? Yeah, no, actually, the uh, shirt I'm wearing also is from a, another final tour. It does. It's not a final tour shirt specifically, but Gungor, Gungor, yeah, Gungor. Back uh, when they took a said that that it was their last tour ever Mm -hmm. uh it was them and then uh two other artists but this was gunger's last tour so i was like i gotta go to that and gotta get a gunger t-shirt and then they were away for a bit and and now they're releasing new music again which is like okay i'm glad i went to that thing and i'm glad i experienced that time in life my life but uh the new music you're wanting to do is not what you should Mm. be doing but all right in my opinion but that and that's more of like a whole socio political thing. Mm, that I, uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not informed on Gungor. You really don't need to be. It's totally fine. <laughs> uh, anything else fun happened to you over the last two weeks? Uh, got to listen to a bunch of good music. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. This is going to be a boring episode. Well, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, no, the only thing that really kind of went on in my life over the last, like, two weeks is the new Animal Crossing expansion came out. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so my partner's been doing that a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, so seeing all, you know, and then seeing the internet be like, oh, yes, remember how cute Animal Crossing was? And then like a week later, be like, oh, right, this is why I stopped playing Animal Crossing the first time. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, it's it's super fall here. Super, super fall. Oh, in, yeah. In it all hit at once. Yeah. Uh, we're in an atmospheric river at the moment. An atmospheric river? An atmospheric river. So w- w- it's not that everything gets wet, but what does get wet gets drenched. <laughs> basically (laughs) an atmospheric river yeah um so that's been fun and so it's the realization that like when you grow up in oregon there's two versions of like normal in oregon there is uh likes being outside when it's nice outside Mm -hmm. and then likes being outside all the time right some call it crazy (laughs) but i'm just like oh yeah it's raining let's go do outdoorsy things why not yeah yeah yeah. that's what that's what a good coat's for exactly you got got yourself a good uh good shell yeah. And uh, you're good to go. So that way... Some nice boots. Yeah. And then that way you have an excuse to unwrap later and then, you know, drink some like tea or coffee or... Exactly. Spiked hot chocolate or you anything You gotta like earn that. that spiked hot chocolate. Exactly. You can't just do it. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but speaking of uh, earning it, let's uh, talk about our first band, Vauxhall Broadcast. Okay. Yeah. Timing is everything. Their uh, only... Al- Sorry, their only album... Yeah, they're only full length. Yeah, full, only full length. Although uh, they've got like two and a half al- albums worth of material. Yeah, they do. Yeah, there was two EPs that released before uh, Timing Is Everything came out, and then there was an EP that they released afterwards, uh, and that's all that they released. Well, and a, and a single that uh, we'll talk about a little bit later, yeah, we'll but yeah. So this was released uh, March 22nd in 2011. Uh, from everything I found online, it was self-released. There was no record label, but... Uh-huh. Sounds a lot more produced than what a self-release should maybe uh, sound like. So I don't know. I I've got some notes. I got some takes on okay. on the production uh, of this album. That's fine. Yeah, but uh, the band is uh, David Dennis is lead vocals and guitar. Uh, Anthony Aguiar is guitar, organ, and backing vocals. Uh, drums are Kurt Allen and then Philip Muncy the second on bass. Philip Muncy the second. That's just a. Gr- that's He's got a great head of hair. Yeah. Also, that's just a great bassist name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this is kind of. I I would classify it as kind of like psychedelia indie pop rock. They kind of. Um. Yeah. Very much cribbing from like fifties, sixties, seventies rock for sure. Very low distortion but a lot going on with the guitar and stuff like that yeah um and an interview uh multiple interviews but uh, one specific interview when david was being asked about what the most annoying question that he gets during interviews uh-huh. he said the, the most annoying question he always gets is about the band's name because vox all broadcast it's not like a very no it's not something that with a very clear meaning yeah or exactly a... uh so this is the story behind it um, when people ask, they expect something meaningful or a funny story, but it's really stupid. Basically, a friend with a Scottish accent kind of muttered something, and we thought he said something different, but we like the sound of it. It's not that interesting, just a commu- miscommunication. Because apparently, originally, they were going to go with Foxhole Broadcast. Foxhole Broadcast. Foxhole Broadcast. And then they went to a bar to celebrate, like, picking a name, and then someone with a Scottish accent was like, oh, yeah. Vauxhall broadcast or something like that. And he's like, what'd you say? Because we'd like that way better. Not bad. So apparently that's I've, how the band I've was named. I've heard worse name, name origins, band name origins. Right, yeah. Um, this was a band that was like super on the rise in like 2008. 
to like when they released their first album. Yeah. They were described as a fast rising soul pop quartet by the LA Times, which I don't. Um, I could kind of see that. Yeah. I le- like they don't uh, they don't steer too heavily into any specific subgenre. Um, it's just kind of like uh, indie rock, pop rock. Yeah. It's a little bluesy. It's a little psychedelic. I can yeah. get soul pop a little, but not. Yeah. Well, it may have been more soul back in like 08 when they had just released their first EP. Type yeah, thing. we'll we'll get into we'll it. get it. Yeah. Uh, he said that their influences were pretty basic, you know, Beatles, Beach Boys, Motown music, Bob Dylan, Nirvana, mm-hmm. pretty basic. Just just <laughs> standard, uh, well, well-praised music. Yeah. Um, yeah, their first EP, uh, Rotten Apples, was their breakthrough, um, and it was all recorded in a single day, so that was its big, like, selling point. Really? Yeah, they recorded all of Rotten Apples in a single day. Um, and they were compared to like the Kings of Leon as like the next big rock band. Wild. Yeah, they were supposed to be in that like realm of like Kings of Leon, a little bit of Dr. Dog, like that kind of like indie rock right after um, the Strokes, like next big wave of bands. Right. Uh, but they broke up in 2013, right um, after their mainstream success and their most ex- well known publicly song was uh which is not on any album it is just a single off of the walking dead yeah they did you are the wilderness for the walking dead Mm -hmm. and then they broke up yep before that song came out for the um show and i wasn't able to find out why they broke up Mm -hmm. like there's just nothing out there the only thing i saw was that two of the people created a another side like synth pop project in like 2017 Mm -hmm. and the only reference to it was like Two members who used to be in Voxel Broadcast have come back together. <laughs> two, two people who used to be in a band that previ- previously existed. Yeah. Um, so that may, may of, not be called Voxel Broadcast. Yeah, may, may Rumors say. <laughs> um, so, yes, that's basically everything I was able to find. Uh, do you have anything you want to add to kind of like Voxel Broadcast? Cause, them, them as a band? Them as a band. Well, yeah. okay. So, I, I've been listening to them since I was like 15, 16. Right. Um, you I, introduced me to them. Yeah, I yeah. was about, about to say, I remember introducing them to you, and you liked them more than anybody else in our friend group. Yes, I did. Um, and I am surprised to hear that the Rotten Apples EP was recorded in one day, because I think that the Rotten Apples EP is a better album than Timing is Everything. Yes. <laughs> it's not It's not an album, but as a collection of songs, I think that each of those songs is so strong on its own, and, oh, yeah, and yeah. altogether it's really good. Um, yeah, they're, uh, this album suffers from, I think, um, I think they made a bit of a splash with the Rotten Apples EP, and then uh, we're sort of like, we need to get something with that's radio friendly yeah we need to get airplay and Mm. i think they sort of snuck a couple of tracks in there in this album to kind of get give them that little push um but instead of you know being like oh here are the like standout you know fun like radio friendly tracks from the album it's like here are a couple of tracks that don't fit with the rest of the album yeah this doesn't feel like an album it just kind of feels like a collection of songs yeah uh it's very Nothing really flows well together, and I, I think a lot of that comes from the track listing is bad. I think it's a, a poorly put together mm-hmm. album in in that sense. Like one song doesn't flow to another song, doesn't flow to another song. It feels like you're wildly switching between f- flow, feel, genre, um, 
lyrical content. Like, nothing fits. Yeah, it's almost... I. It's not super cohesive at the same time that doesn't venture too far out from a same kind of pool of sounds. Yeah. Like, if you'll notice, there's, like, three or four different tracks where uh, it's probably the lead guitarist is has a guitar drenched in <laughs> reverb and he's tremolo picking oh, through yeah, yeah, yeah. a little section with a lot of delay yeah. yeah um which like i know that trick i also suck at tremolo picking <laughs> whatever works uh, man <laughs> whatever works um but the uh yeah it, it, it's simultaneously like the the songs don't feel super cohesive and also don't stray away enough from a sort of central sound yeah um and the thing is that central sound isn't bad. No. Um, but it's not as exciting as what they put forward in the Rotten Apples EP. Yeah. Um, um, I think this is a collection of mostly okay songs with a few great songs. Mm-hmm. That's I def- how I feel about it, yeah. for sure. And I definitely think this album, if they were to, were to have continued as a band mm-hmm. and released more work and still be together today and evolved their sound... Uh, this would be a great like okay yeah no that was that was a solid first outing and then you figured out what your sound needed to be right and then you went and did other stuff but because this is kind of all we really have yeah um it kind of feels a little aimless because they were still trying to figure out their sound at this time I, I feel like um and speaking of sound I wanna I wanna say that I don't particularly like the production on the majority of this album okay um specifically the drums feel um sort of like an afterthought yes um well, they're they they feel fairly compressed they don't feel very dynamic and mm-hmm. they, they don't um it, it feels like there are sections in a lot of songs where um it should be a lot more uh, thing downbeats should be hitting a lot heavier yeah. than than like they you know like you can feel them wanting to imply this energy that's not right. coming through yeah and i feel like the main reason for that is the way the drums are produced on this album it feels like they the album was recorded or produced or mixed or mastered by someone who didn't really know what they were doing when it came to drums specifically. Mm -hmm. Because the vocals, for the most part, are mixed well. Um, There's Mm -hmm. some production choices that I'm like, I don't know if you really needed to put that many layers of reverb and delay on the vocals. But yeah, okay. I can I can I can um, agree with that on a couple tracks. The bass obviously is mic'd super well. The guitars are the the standout of this entire band. I think. Yeah, like, that there is, are a lot that, of really good guitar tones in yeah, this album. But then the drums are just kind of they're just smaller. Kind of there, they're, yeah, they're, they're smaller. So I think that again is something that with more studio practice, it sucks because the drums fall into the background a lot. But uh, the drum the drummer is very good at finding a groove and staying in that groove. Yeah, and it's like what this like. It, I I just wish that the drums were more prominent right. and more. There was more energy yeah. coming from the drums than than what you get on the yeah. album. Well, I, I think, think it's that vi- there's a lot of songs that suffer from that. Yeah, and I think it's a very good sign that like the drums and the bass are kind of always locked together really well mm-hmm. for for most songs. Like it, it, they have a fantastic bass for most of the tracks, and then honestly, I think the lead guitar work by. Um, let me pull up his name again. Uh, Anthony, like, that is the highlight of the band. I think the band is mm. okay to mediocre outside of the lead guitar. I, I think that the lead singer's voice is really... Okay. Like, I I think that the, this is an example of the production on this album. They kind of 
drench his vocals. Like there's right. a, there are too many layers, or there's too much reverb, or too much delay, whatever. Yeah. Um. But if you listen to the Rotten Apples EP, or uh, we'll get into it later. But there is an yeah. alternate version of one of the songs on this yeah. album where basically none of that's present. There's just right. a little bit of drive on yeah. his voice, and it's such a good vocal performance. Yeah. No, that's fair. And even um. The EP they released after this, I think it was called like Frozen Beach or whatever, was a yeah. little bit less of that, but some of the more refined, um, interesting songwriting, uh, song layering techniques that they use on some of the more poppy songs, mm-hmm. m- more refined as well. So, I, I, yeah, I think there was just some choices made in the recording process of this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, it sounds like we're of the same mind generally yeah. for this album. Should we just get into tracks? Yeah, uh, I think the only other thing I I really kind of want to say is like I don't feel like we're going to touch lyrics much because these are very basic by the numbers lyrics the, and <laughs> the stats and the, the lyrics in the Rotten Apples EP are really fun and really good. Right, and, and yeah. I love those lyrics. These yeah. lyrics are just, uh, yep, here's a song about wanting to get laid, yep. and here's a song about be like that a bunch of meaningless words (laughs) that sort of imply like being uh dissatisfied with life yeah hey this is well i think that's probably something that this entire album is is like every single track was written to possibly be a a a catchy number like single hit Mm -hmm. and then when it doesn't hit you're just kind of left with pop number one hit lyrics that don't really um do too much yeah so but i want to start obviously where we start because we always at start the at the start yeah uh leaving on the fifth fantastic little fantastic little start fantastic little um guitar riff i really like it uh oh ooh, tell me more those <laughs> eyes tell me that you're not uh no please finish what you're saying yeah no um I think that there's a chugging bass kind of throughout the entire song as well that I, I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very strong start, and I think it is a good precursor for all the good and all the bad that is going to be coming throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the album, because um, I think the chorus is a bit weak. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think it's one of the more... I like this song. It's one of the like top four, four to five songs on the, on the album for me. So, yeah, what do you, what do you think? Why are you giving me the side eye on that? Uh, I wholeheartedly disagree. I think that this is one of the worst tracks on the album. Mm. Um, I th- this is the major culprit for uh, why... Uh, this this is, like, the main song that I point to is, like, they had an album and they needed some radio-friendly, like, pop-friendly tunes to try and sell it better, and they so they snuck this song in there. don't disagree with you that they like try to sneak this in as like a a very radio friendly very pop song yeah this song was released as a single ahead mm -hmm. of the album and i remember listening to it because i'd been listening to them since the rotten apples ep i remember hearing that this song being Mm -hmm. like this isn't fucking Vauxhall broadcast right i I was i can understand i was disappointed in it as a teenager which is i i say this a lot but that's it's really saying something when as a 15 (laughs) 16 year old i'm like even this is bad to me like uh yeah i right i didn't like it (laughs) no yeah um i didn't listen to the rotten apples ep before i listened to this 
album uh, the first time through. And with this being the first song on the album, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, and released as a single. So obviously they were going for that. This is a single. This is our hit. This is what we want to get radio friendly. play. Right. I think it checks all the boxes that they were going for on it. I think it is very catchy. Uh, I think it is very radio friendly. I do think there is a lot of this is what the band is going to kind of sound like very um, lightly distorted, but very big. This song feels out of place on the album to me. I don't think that this fits with the rest of I I think that every song after this, this is a a track that stands out as something that doesn't fit with the rest of it. For me, uh, we'll get to it later. But uh, for me, Cheetah is that song. Where it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it fits at all in yeah, any, any way, shape, or form. I could see that, um, but tonally and like in terms of energy, I think that that, uh, yeah, I, I think that this song just doesn't fit with their their sound before this album. I think that it doesn't fit in the album. It feels like a track that was written purely to try and get airplay, right? And I and that's all I hear when I listen to it. That <laughs> no, and, and the fucking synth. The synth is. They they chose the wrong yes. settings for that synth, and it does not work. Yeah, no. Yeah, they, they didn't make some of the greatest. Tra- I I think I'm just overwhelmed with like my enjoyment of the uh, screeching lead guitar. It's drenched in reverb and delay, mm-hmm. um, even though it's still a pretty clean dis- distortion level, yeah, gain level, and then the uh, galloping bass. That they got through, yeah. The rest of it. So I, I think honestly, that that the drums and bass are the only part of that song that really sound like Vauxhall broadcast to me. I think the I think the lead riff is very Vauxhall broadcast. Yeah, I don't know. It just uh, no. You're you're okay, but I I I think it's like light lightly distorted, but still very big. A lot of reverb, a lot of delay and echo on it throughout oh, yeah. the entire time. I, I so. forgot. I wrote my main note for this track is late 2000s alt pop at its mettest. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I, I see that. Um, I, I just think it works It works better for me okay. than, than it does for you, which That's it's, fine. it's a radio-friendly hit. You know, so it'll work for some people. Yeah. Um, what do you want to talk about next? Uh, my next star is Steal the Diamonds, so unless you want to talk about Blackout. I don't. That's I really fine. don't. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, let's go Steal the Diamonds. Uh, what do you think about it? Uh, the fucking bass. Like the, mm. Okay, so it, the song starts out with this fun, delayed guitar intro, and you can hear that it's going back and forth between uh, Dennis and Anthony? Anthony, yeah. Yeah, because uh, it's two distinct guitar tones playing the same riff yes. against each other. Um. And then the bass and drums come in, and it's just like this. This is the groovy, sexy stuff that I expect from Vauxhall Broadcast on this album. Like, this is what I remember this album for. No, it's definitely sexy. It's definitely a it's lot. Ba- of... It's a baby maker. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I go that far. It's but... oh oh. It's it's that's a that's a bedroom song for sure. Okay, for, I think I don't like the way he sings on this song. So it's a, like that's what's keeping it away from bedroom mm-hmm. song. Like I think it's he's a little too breathy in everything that he's doing. I think it's a little too. Oh, see, I I love uh, breathy falsetto. 
I, really I just don't think it, it works mm. for a bedroom song specifically. I think it's fun. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> to each their own, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, what you do in between the sheets, that's that's <laughs> your own prerogative. Um, it's a really good divergent, um, like, and kind of showing you after leaving on the fifth, which is very much like a standard, you know, kind of pop rock song, right? A very just like, and then this band is going to go completely the other direction and be way more groovy, way more mm-hmm. um, influenced by like more of that '60s um, rock, like later uh, era Beatles a little bit right. as well. Um, yeah, the bass and drums super locked in. We also I, I learned that bass. I, that was the first ba- bass riff I ever figured out on my own. That's like, really by ear. Also, the amount that we just like throw love on bassists on this podcast, <laughs> I'm all about. Like bassists deserve their deserve all the praise. I I uh, the thing is. A bad bassist is just playing root notes the entire time, right. and th- and that's fine, right? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> the 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 worst bassist is is just gonna fly under the radar, right. and so yeah. when it's good, it's it, it's worth noting. Yeah, no, this is also uh, one of the heavier tracks on the entire album as well. It definitely gets super super heavy, and I like that as well. Uh, yeah, it, it gets a bit heavy. Yeah, there are definitely well, it, it's it's still held back a little bit yeah but it gets big within that held back yeah-ness of it um i think the chorus um is probably the best part the, also all of these songs follow a very basic verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus oh yeah absolutely it's so it's such simple songwriting um but I, I think this is one of the stronger choruses um throughout the entire um album drum roll or what is that a fill is that a fill when he goes throughout the, through the entire from the yeah that's to a, the, that's a fill that's a fill okay the like slow fill throughout the entire chorus i really like as well mm-hmm. um the bridge is kind of i'm, I'm kind of eh on but i kind of see what they were going for mm-hmm. i think this song also this entire album um kind of yeah, I, I wrote being... that bridge is a little underwhelming. Yeah, I, and the fact that I can't like recall it from memory right now <laughs> right, probably yeah. stands <laughs> testament to that. Yeah. Also, I, I think the song, along with the entire album, it's it's just a bit too long. Uh, yeah, I I really enjoy this song. I think it's a, a no, fine. Oh yeah, I, I I like this song, but I think the bridge could I, it it just could have been a, a bit more tight since they were going for more of this pop rock sound. For most of it, in, in general, it, it could have just been tighter since that's what they were going for. I think mm-hmm. um, it doesn't. They don't have enough ideas to fill the the time. Sometimes uh, this is not the most egregious version of it, right? Um, but I think that's something that is uh, consistent. See, throughout I the- don't know. I for this song specifically, the simp- What I was about to say when we just listened to the chorus there is that the simplicity of it is really what makes the song work to me. Right. You've got like that guitar riff. It's very simple. It's well recorded. Mm-hmm. The, the tone is really good, and it's layered in very well. Um, and the the groove coming from the bass and drums, it, like that's all, those things. It's repetitive, yes, but that's part of what makes it work. And it's so it just sets a mood 
Yes. Whether or not you think that mood is a, is the mood that I think it is. <laughs> it's still a good mood. It's, <laughs> it's still a good mood. It's, it's still a mood you want to be in. Uh, um, we, I want to talk about Loose Chains. Okay. Which, again, very different vibe than what we just listened to. Right. Um, I think it's a little... I put down, and I want to hear what you feel about this, a mm-hmm. bit like My Goodness or Tame Impala without the distortion on it. Um... Yeah, I c- kind of see that. Just a little, just a little bit. I I couldn't I couldn't all offer an alternative. I I couldn't okay. say what what bands it reminds me of. But, yeah. Um. Yeah, I could kind of see both of those. Okay. Actually, I can't offer offer an alternative now, yes. and it's Temples. Oh yes, this yes, is yes. A, this is a Temples song. That is a Temple song. But you are with correct. Somebody who sings in a human register. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I really like the instrumentation of the entire song. I really love that that intro. I think this is that intro is a good version of you're doing one thing very simply but very well. And and it's yeah, very it, effective. It builds very effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and this is a song that I feel like very much suffers because of the production. Yes. Uh, every time I hear this song, I'm like, fuck, I wish I could have seen this song live. Oh, yeah. This would be so much fun to actually hear the drums properly and feel them. This would be so much fun to watch these two guys toward the oh, end yeah, just, yeah, yeah. like, play these weird fucking notes with so much reverb right. going on. Like, I I would love to just get lost in all yeah. of that in a live setting. Also, this is a this is a 5 minute 20 Mm. song and live i'm sure this is either a four minute song or a seven minute song right (laughs) either they play it really fast or they're like yeah this is when we take our time and have fun or they're like we're playing this super fast but also we're just going to keep playing over and over and over again Mm -hmm. um i think this song also is um definitely affected by the um very simplistic pop structure of the um verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus um I don't think, like, so the only time that I feel like uh, pointing out that it follow that a song mm. follows that structure as a negative is right. when there's nothing else interesting going on. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you're like, saying. Uh, like I was talking about last week that, you know, if you... Uh, if, you're if, you, write if you write if you write sub subpar lyrics <laughs> but they rhyme well at least they rhyme mm. but if you're going to write in prose and there's still subpar lyrics then why did you bother right no um it, sort of like that but in the opposite direct i know what you're direction. saying yeah uh well i think for me it's just like this the sound of the song does not feel like it should follow a more traditional kind of pop lyrical structure Mm -hmm. like it feels like it's it's more out there and so they should maybe be try to be a little more out there but that could just be a personal thing of me wanting them to be a little more experimental than what they actually are i mean i don't think that it's to the detriment of the song that it follows that structure yeah and again i think this is just throughout the entire album there's i think that yeah in the context of the album it's like here is another song that follows that structure but 
it's one of the best songs on the album that does that. So yes. really, it's the other songs that I would point to and be like, yeah, see, okay, there's that's, nothing. That's fair. There's not stuff here that's very interesting. And like you just followed this right. by the numbers like A, A, B, A, B, C, A, B, C, B. I think it's just because it's the fourth song that follows the exact same structure that I'm like, okay. I think also this is where the vocals are a little over too much effect going on on the vocals. Just Um, a little bit too much layering. I I think it works for the song. I don't think that it would have been a bad decision to not do that either. Right. I'm on the fence about it. That's fair. Honestly, the main thing for me is the fucking drums again. (laughs) Like this song should be should be heavy. Those snare hits in the chorus. Right. Yeah. Should should be like hitting you in the fucking chest. Yeah. Like this is a very easy comparison to make, but it should sound like a Led Zeppelin Led Zeppelin drums. Just like massive and big and in your face. I, Um, I wrote down that this is one of the songs that I keep just turning up because I keep trying to get it to I keep trying to feel it more right yeah, yeah yeah uh i and this is actually the point where i started fucking with the eq on my on my phone <laughs> i was li- i was listening through my phone today and i was like i uh okay these i got Base i got up. new Base i up. got new uh your earbuds right and so yeah. i i did a custom eq to a while See. back to try and yeah. balance some things out that i don't like about them so right. i switched to that <laughs> right uh and and then i was a bit happier <laughs> a little yeah no for sure also i think this is the best guitar solo on the album yeah, there's also uh, not very many like solos. Right. I would say there are definitely instrumentals, but there are very few times where there's actual like soloing. There's actual like melodic, uh, you know, like here Thrust. pay attention to the to the uh, guitar because it's doing the lead thing now. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think that's good. Um, my the song for me that is very similar to uh, "Leaving on the Fifth for You" is mm-hmm. "Cheetah" mm-hmm. on the album. Um, I just kind of wrote down it's very it's by the numbers. Nothing's super overly interesting. I don't really like the end of the chorus. Um, I think it's kind of just an eh, pop song, and it's poorly placed in the album as well. It's an okay song to me. Yeah. Uh, it's not uh, like like yeah, it's not something I have a star on, good or bad. Yeah, uh, it's just it's just a song that it's exists. Just there. Um, and I don't think it's got a bad spot in the track list because it's, uh, we got this and then one more track and then it's sort of the mellow middle point of the album. Um, and so it kind of makes sense for it to be where it is to me. You might feel differently if those crash hits didn't fucking feel squashed to shit. That's very possible. <laughs> or if I saw this live. Like, I'm sure that, again, this is probably a great live band. Was well, mm-hmm. a great live band. Also, I'm pretty sure they recorded everything um, full band mm-hmm. as well. So you can definitely feel that energy, especially on this song. It's a very energetic song. I just, it just doesn't go anywhere or do anything for me. Yeah, I, it's not so. a standout track to me. It um, is one of the more up-tempo tracks. Yeah. Um, and I think that... 
I, I think that what they were going for works in the album and where it is in the album, but the execution just wasn't there. Yeah. No, I, 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 I can understand that. All right. Um, probably the last song that I feel like I need need to oh, talk about. I need to talk about this song. Is Junkyard Dog? Oh, yeah. Okay. T- tell me about tell me about Junkyard Dog. This is the best track on this album. It is. It really is. Okay. Uh, I'm glad we can agree on something. Yeah, no. Um... <laughs> That just that intro, like cry, like guitar cry, is what I wrote down. Yeah, it's just oh, so good. Yeah, uh, uh, that uh, it's so dynamic. The, yes. the shifts from from verse to pre-chorus to chorus, it it works so well, mm-hmm. um, and is so uh, tonally interesting. Um, it's one of the most varied songs in this oh, album. Be- yes, because of that. Um, it's the best use of that like super washed out guitar tone. Yes, that for they, sure. that that's a well that they draw from a lot in this album. But this is but the man, time when that it it's works, like, it works. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So it's such a good use of like very heavy verses to a lot cleaner um, chorus yeah. at the same time. And I, I really like that use. And the energy level comes down in a very mm-hmm. effective way. And you, you feel like you really need to pay attention to what he's saying. And it puts you in the right emotional like state to like receive what he's saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, even if what he's saying doesn't really seem <laughs> to mean a whole lot. But like it, it doesn't matter because then they get to what is ostensibly the bridge and they just hit you over the head with noise. Just the guitar going off and just loud noises the yeah. entire time. Just make space noises, bud. Yeah, let's just let's just see what what goes on. Uh, I also have a fun memory tied to this song. What's your uh, what's your memory tied to yeah. this song? I there was just like one point in time where my mom was like, "Hey, what kind of music are you listening to these days?" <laughs> right. And I was, I this album had just released, and I was like. I showed her this track specifically because it was my favorite track on the album because right. it's the best track on the album. And she goes, this singer sounds like he's high. <laughs> no. And I'm like, what? No. What? That's not- What does that even mean? <laughs> what does it sound like to sing high, mom? Uh, apparently uh, slightly fuzzed out vocal track. I mean, it's and then very this falsetto. Uh, you know, it's very. Uh, what's the word? Glissando. You know, he's he's yeah, very yeah, much yeah. like sliding between yeah, the notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not which very. Is, which fucking works? Yeah, it's th- so good for this. This track. is where everything that they've been trying to do up until this song mm-hmm. meshes all together in crescendos, and then it starts to fall away for the rest of the album as well. I think, um, which helps yeah. that this is kind of like halfway through the album. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anything else you feel like you you need to talk about? Uh, I just love. Oh, oh, like tracks or this song? Both. Um, I've got two stars after this. Okay. Uh, tell me about your stars. Uh, so rotten apples. Okay. Yeah. Um, as far as I've been able to tell, it is the same version from the Rotten Apples EP. They didn't retrack it or anything. Yeah, that's what I think is. Like maybe they retracked it a little bit, but they played it so similarly. I I can't imagine that they did. Yeah, I I mean I've been listening to both versions of mm-hmm. this song for years, and I've never <laughs> known any differences between. Yeah, no, them. It, it sounds the exact same. Which you know, hey, why not? It's a good song. I think this is also probably the most fun pop rock that they do on the entire album as well. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I I really enjoy this song. It's a fun song. Um, yeah, I I wrote down that it was it was totally fine. It's it's totally fine, acceptable. It's fun. It, there's nothing bad to say about it. I I love this song. Yeah. Like I, I, this is the song that got me into them. Right. Yeah. Um, the I remember watching the music video. I remember sit, mm. sitting there using my dial-up connection, waiting for the music <laughs> video to load. You're right. Yeah. Uh, I probably wasn't using dial-up by that point. Anyway, it uh, just makes it sound more old school, right? Yeah. Uh, and I I have got like a personal like this song's yeah. very nostalgic for me. Oh yeah, no, we all very... we I think that's why leaving on the fifth for me um, on this album is a little like that's why I rated it so highly, right? Because it was the first song outside of the I think. This so- leaving on the fifth, and then you are the wilderness were the first two. I was like, oh, that's Vauxhall broadcast. Yeah. So that's probably why that's a little bit more um, warm feeling for me. Um, you want to talk about No Better Reason, right? Uh, yes. All right, tell me about No Better Reason because I didn't really write anything down because uh, I thought this was a kind of boring song well, uh, so, that has a really good guitar solo. So here's the thing. We we've got the narrative so far. Like I got into this band during the Rotten Apples EP, and I right. listened to them like pretty heavily. And then they released this album, and I and I listened to it. And I was a bit disappointed with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, between the release of this album and the Rotten Apples EP, there was a video uploaded to YouTube mm-hmm. of these guys playing in the studio, tracking this song. Mm, okay, no better reason. Right. Um, and I watched that video over and over and over again. It's a, I, I've always loved watching musicians play in the studio. Right. And that's always been like a really intriguing thing to me. Um, and so this, so that YouTube video of them playing in the studio mm-hmm. is the, how I knew this song. Right.
Yeah. yeah. So that's the, that's the version that you knew for that, the longest time. That is time. the first an initial version of this song that I knew, and I loved that track. Uh-huh. It was so good. It's real. It's I. I stand by it being a very, very good track. Right, yeah. It has that, good energy. It sounds really nice. Yeah. That version of it uh-huh. is a really good track. But then this but is But for what? some inexplicable... For some reason, that is not the version that they use on this album. And instead... That's uh, less good. Less good. Less good in a word. I, I, first, yeah. I want to point out, because I'm going to mention the drums every fucking time we talk about... Right. S- it was nice to hear the drums actually there on the YouTube video. So, look, I like this is the first time I'd ever actually gone like back-to-back like that on mm-hmm. these. Um, and, like, the the high-end, that that high-end sizzle from the hi-hat on the YouTube version, not present on, on the album version. Right. And also that hi-hat fades in and out through the chorus. I don't know if you heard that, but it would like come up and then go back down. No, and I, come up and then go back down. I was down. more focused on uh, why, like trying to figure out why they decided to cover up the vocal vocalization with the lead guitar. Mm-hmm. That sounds like that was a, they tracked I, they trying, it afterwards. I, they were definitely trying to kind of marry the voice with the, with the guitar. Yeah. It, the, the vocal melody is doing the same thing as the guitar. Right. Um, but the thing is, the vocals are, uh, they put a bunch of reverb and delay. A bunch of layers also. It, and, it feels and, like they, yeah, they triple a, layered it. There's at least one other boy, one other take of him singing, yeah. the lead singer singing. Um, whereas in the YouTube version, it's the two, the guitarist and the bassist are just doing backup harmonies. D- yeah, the doing the, the vocalization in the background, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I... It's also like five beats slower or something like that. It's yeah, just like it's a little, a little bit slower. slower. It's, and it j- it's just enough to make it feel kind of laggy to me. It's very lethargical, um, the album version is, yeah. But the YouTube version, that's another Baby, ma- ba- baby Maker. That's, yeah, that's that, a good one. That's another... Uh, yeah. Put it on the list. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so that was that was the song that's like... I still listen to the album version right. sometimes because like the it's YouTube easier. version is not... like liter- And I would like to also point out that that YouTube version... That video was uploaded by some, like, official source. It wasn't the band themselves, but right. it was, like, whatever studio they were working with or whatever. Yeah, I don't so, know. Someone, someone, yeah. Um, but it was it was uploaded in, in some official capacity. And it was yeah. very well shot. It was, yeah. And then it got taken off of YouTube probably <laughs> about six years ago now. Uh, I wonder if there was a falling out between, like, the band and whoever recorded that. I, I have no idea, but somebody, and bless their fucking heart they re-uploaded it on their personal channel <laughs> right and and i can listen to it that way again uh, and i i would like to personally thank them thank you yes thank you uh i i went away from the video but thank you whoever's <laughs> youtube account that was um yeah I, 
Don't, I, it's just one of those like yeah. bad calls that there just are through like the production right. decisions that are just For like, sure. why was this what you did? Right. Yeah. You, out like, of all the choices you could have made, this was there's the, a the much one. better version that yeah. exists already of this, no, and you sure. used a you, you you fucked it up, friends. Yeah. No. Um. I don't really feel like I, we need to touch on any other tracks really because everything else is kind of the same. The only other like note I want to make is dry sand is fun. It's another kind of kind of fun poppy. Um, evolves really well. Yeah, it's got a good change from verse to chorus. Yeah, I really like the bass. Um, and again, just great guitar work, um, which is kind of solid throughout. Um, but yeah, it's it's another version of like, it's it's kind of basic, but it works for mm-hmm. me. So, um, Factor Fiction feels like it was written during Rotten Apples era. Mm. That's all I really want to say about yeah. that one. It also it, is, it's also sounds much more like a demo than the rest of the album. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird choice to end on that song when I feel like Crash the Car was a much stronger end. I, I, Crash the Car is super underwhelming to me. I think it's, I think it's one of the least interesting songs. No, I I agree, but I think Crash the Car still would have been a better ending. Um, I would like to, because you brought that up, I would like to mention there, we weren't really going to touch on lyrical content, but there are a (laughs) lot of, a lot of lyrics in this album that are about like, leaving or running away or getting away yes. or hiding or whatever yeah so many lyrics throughout the song the album on different tracks <laughs> yeah um and that but then the chorus of factor fiction is i'm tired of running tired of taking off tired of always trying to keep my fingers right. crossed and so it's like it could it could be meant to be like Maybe. a you know, hey, there's there was this kind of conceptual thread going. Th- you know, I don't. Think, I'm, I'm yeah. reaching, <laughs> right, but yeah. I'm but you're, I'm just you're saying, pulling it, you're just pulling it just this yeah. one thing to end a fairly meh right. album yeah. and be like, you know, at least it's a small thing that maybe they were like, we should put Factor Fiction at the end to be like, yeah, we're tired of running, right. like, we're tired yeah. of all of the lyrics that came before, <laughs> as we all are, <laughs> as we all are. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's see what some people at the time thought of this album let's do all right uh all music uh paula carino gave it three and a half stars out of five the ebullient sparks flying opening track leaving on the fifth sets the order of business for the rest of the album intelligently crafted alternative pop that aims to stir whether it's via classic rock riffing u2ish arena rock or heart rendering post radiohead synth pop uh the producer creates a dense and layered atmosphere with expansive arrangements and a vast overall sound that allows the band to luxuriate in ecstatic drum fills and gorgeous textures. Ecstatic. This person seems like they really wanted to pull out their vocab words. Yes. And this was their first assignment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think everything outside of um, the post-Radiohead synth pop is like accurate it's like yeah it's some classic rock some u2 ish arena rock good post, drum fills post radiohead synth pop sounds correct to me i, I okay i guess synth is where this, I, this this is something that would go alongside like uh oh fuck why can't i think of that person's name it's it's in that realm of like 2009 oh, to yes. 2012 indie pop. It, all, it's all definitely pop, of its time. Like yeah. uh, Foster the People, uh, sort of. Um, man, what else? What else fucking came out around then? Uh, Vampire the Weekend. People, definitely Vampire Weekend. Um, Naked and Famous. Uh, 
oh who's the guy who did uh fun yeah fun yeah definitely some fun vibes yeah um and then oh who's the person who did sale that's that? the person i was trying to think yeah, of yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh 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 shoot it's not imagine dragons no it's not imagine dragons they're much later and much worse uh truly well anyway it'll come to us eventually um but pop matters at the time uh zachary Hool for them said it isn't a bad album per se but it certainly isn't memorable its length and let's throw everything in as well as the kitchen sink approach kills any momentum generated by indie pop gems like leaving on the fifth you have heard all this more or less with greater urgency and panache elsewhere. Am I the only person who doesn't like leaving on the fifth? It's very possible you might be the only person who doesn't like leaving on the fifth. I'm perfectly okay with that. Now I know how you feel last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, Looking up reviews for Rasmataz. Yeah. Like, y- y'all are just wrong. Like, y- <laughs> I-, I don't feel like I'm missing something. I think y'all are just seeing something that's not there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Welcome to me last week. Uh, so, uh, QRO Magazine, uh, Ted Chase did a, what's, what they called a, a live review. So they went to the album release party and then reviewed their album release party. So they did a show and then also listened to the album. Okay. So this is their kind of conceptual thoughts around right. that. Get, getting event. the live performance and, of the songs and, and listening, listening to, to the, the album. Okay. Yeah. Um, Vauxhall's live show would easily satisfy fans of the Black Keys, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, and the Walkmen, while Dennis's charisma and the band's impeccable musicianship hint at that mass mass appeal factor. Vauxhall has the potential to become one of those rare bands, like U2 or Oasis before them, that's a household name while still garnering critical, uh, critical acclaim. Catch Vauxhall broadcast in the clubs now while you still can. A huge sound like theirs was never meant for small venues. Hmm. Okay. Well, I I think that that person really benefited from seeing them live. Yeah, that person definitely benefited from seeing them live. And I think, in general, it sounds like they were a great live band, and then they just weren't able to make it work for whatever reason, yeah. which it, it's a shame that we will never know. Well, I'm sure someone somewhere knows, but we weren't able to find out why right. they... Stopped. Um, but all those people don't have any idea uh, about music uh, because their <laughs> scores don't matter. That was a great segue. <laughs> oh, that, that was flawless. <laughs> Stuck the landing on that one. We got there at the end. So we are giving it the official tape makers uh, rating, which is going to be out of 13 for this album. We are, we are ranking timing is everything out of 13. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? You should go first today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them a uh, 13 hard. Um, I'm going to give it a six out of 13. I, I'm giving it, it's, it's fine. Yeah, there's some, I, there's some positives, but a lot of it's kind of meh has more potential than what they actually pull out of it. Um, would have been a totally fine first album and then went on to do better things. But yeah, here we are. I, I think six out of 13 sounds just right. Okay. Six out of 13. That's a, Look at us go. Yeah, this, this is <laughs> a far cry from last week. Oh my goodness, yes. Um, all right, so if we were to give it 6 out of 13, let me pull up the list right now and remember how this works. So, let's hear that be 1, 2, 3. Sorry, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. All right, so 6 out of 13. God, why, why can I not math right now? Just that down one. So that's one, two, three, four, five. No, I was right the first. All right, so six out of 13 uh, puts it right between Destroyer's Rubies and The Shape of Color. 
Destroyer's Rubies, of course, by Destroyer, and then The Shape of Color from Intervals. Okay, so we're going to bump it down, right? Yeah, no, we're putting it down one, which puts it in between Destroyer's Rubies and uh, Blood Pressures by The Kills. God, how... I <laughs> I both love and hate that, like... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Did I do math wrong? I may have done math wrong. Oh. I did... I did math wrong. I did math wrong. You did math wrong. I did math wrong. Okay. So if I do math right, yeah, that puts it right in between Destroyer's Rubies by Destroyer and Blood Pressures by The Kills. So we're going to bump it down. So we're still going to bump it down. Because, <laughs> yeah, Blood Pressures by The Kills, much better album, way more complete. Yeah. Also, like, less than half its length and still way more memorable songs. <laughs> I I love like how fucked up the nature of our experiment is that like blood pressures by the kills it's ju- it just now got bumped out of the bottom five yeah, because of yeah, that yeah no so the kills are no even longer even though we we both love that album <laughs> <laughs> listen this is what happens when we both like recommend music we like then we just keep pushing music we like even further down <laughs> All right, it's so, just a deck of cards getting shuffled over and over and over and honestly going through this album again just reminded me like man we it really would have been nice to get more Vox Hall broadcast. Yeah. I, it really would have been nice to get more bro- Vox Hall broadcast. I, I honestly, like, you know, I I wasn't happy with this album after listening to the Rotten Apples EP for so long. Right. Um, so long. It was probably like a year of my life, but, right. you know, I was a teenager. Felt like six years. Right, yeah, no, um, for sure. Uh you know, I was disappointed with this album, but I sincerely think that if they had kept going, they would have. They would have. They, they would have got places. They either would have released some really good stuff or some really bad stuff. Yeah. Well, either way, I think they definitely would have been a cult band. Um, that's like, oh no, but have you seen them live? Oh yeah, for one sure. of those bands. All right. So where we are at on the official tape makers list of music, the top five best albums of all time. Number one is Pieces of a Man by Gil Scott Heron. Number two is Boarding House Reach by Jack White. Number three is I Go Missing My Sleep by Wilson. Number four is The Beautiful Game by Wolfpack. Number five is Razzmatazz by I Don't Know How, But They Found Me. And then the worst five albums we've ever talked about musically. Coming in at the fifth worst of all time is Timing Is Everything by Vauxhall Broadcast. Right below that, at number four, is As the Eternal Cowboy by Against Me. Right below that is Big Mess by Danny Elfman. Right under that, second worst album of all time is Ten by Pearl Jam. It took us until the list to reference them. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Progress. Oh yeah, and then Wasteland Baby by Hosier also came out. And that is the worst album of all time. <laughs> that is the worst album of all time, according to Josh. And the list. Which is... <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, That's objectively true, then. It is objectively true. All right. uh, We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into Eons by Mimicking Birds. Bird noise, bird noise, bird noise. Bird noise. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) That was impressive. Nice bird noises. Thanks. All 
Alright, and we are back. And the next album we're talking about today is Eons by Mimicking Birds. This yeah. was an album released May 13th, 2014. It's a good day. It's the band's second album as a, a full band, their third release overall. Uh, it is uh, released by Glacial Pace Records, mm-hmm. which is uh, Isaac Brock from Modest Mouse, mm-hmm. uh, PDX represent yeah. uh, his record label. Uh, so it's Nate Lacey, who's the vocals and acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Aaron Hansen on drums, uh, Ian Luxton on electric guitar, uh, Mathen Minster on guitars and keys. So that's a great name. Mathen Minster. Mathen Minster. And then um, Adam Trichel on bass and keys. Um, and Mimicking, or, yeah, Mimicking Birds originally started as Nate Lacey's kind of like solo side project that he mm-hmm. just did. Um, and he released a few demos of a few things, but didn't really like perform anywhere too big. I uh, was sending demos around to friends, and one of his friends liked it enough, and that friend had a connection. It was Isaac Brock of Modest Mouse, <laughs> so he forwarded on that demo uh, to Isaac Brock, and as uh, legend goes, Isaac Brock uh, liked it so much that he reached out to Nate over MySpace in 2008, and was like, hey, I wow. like your stuff, uh, you should sign for my record. And so then Mimicking Bird was signed, and that's when they uh, Nate started adding more members, right? Um, and n- then became Mimicking Bird's as we know. Um, So this is the first Portland band we're doing, which is the closest music scene to where we're, where we live. Yeah. So Uh, it's very fun. Also, also one of the, uh, is this the second band that we've both seen live? Um, We both saw the kills live. We both saw the kills live. Yeah. And let me, let me go back to the list because I think it might be. Yeah, yeah, it's the the second band we both seen live. Okay. Yeah, and we saw uh we saw Mimkin Birds playing at a like a block party thing. Yeah. Uh outside. Um which funny it, enough it was less of a party and more of like an environmental awareness yeah. like uh event. Yeah, which makes sense because Nate Lacey is like super big into um ecology. He tries as hard as he can to make the band like carbon neutral or like environment as environmentally friendly as possible. Yeah. Like when they're touring, they tour in a, a, a van that runs on recyclable, like renewable energy. And so they'll stop in in random places and be like, Hey, you, you know, like got any potato oil. Like, <laughs> like he does everything he can to like, make sure the band is not um, adding too much um, pollution into the planet, right. which a lot of that comes through in his lyricism. Yeah. Uh, he's also very existentialist. Existentialist. Uh, about, yeah, existentialist about uh, humanity. Yeah, in, in his lyrics. Um, yeah, um, you know, what they first their first album released in uh, two thousand nine, mm-hmm. um, and they were torn with Modest Mouse at the time, which is how they got a bunch of publicity at mm-hmm. the time because they were opening for Modest Mouse, which like man, what. What a different well, how to how to go from like yeah there's this music that I make by myself sometimes and yeah. I release it on fucking MySpace I yeah. guess to I'm opening for Modest Mouse on tour now yeah yeah fuck <laughs> um yeah and you know that um debut the, his debut stuff um he mostly just recorded in Isaac Brock's house wild yeah and that's uh, so cool isaac brock apparently was supposed to produce at the beginning but they had like they just weren't able to communicate like the um 
creative differences that they wanted the sound to make. So Isaac Proc just kind of backed off and was like, all right, you produce it. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, yeah, so still on Glacial Glacial Pace glacial records, pace, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, Jared, you you found them first. This is another band that you found first. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I mean, like the, this is going to be like the same era of of music that that Vauxhall Broadcast came from in my life, uh, right. but but one that's stuck much more uh, in my in my palate and my uh, mm-hmm. my my general musicdom, uh, and. Uh, I remember listening to that first album on repeat. Mm. Uh, Mimicking Birds by Mimicking Birds. Mimicking Birds by Mimicking Birds. Uh, with the song New Doomsdays in which mm. the uh, there's a lyric, Mimicking Birds, We Share the Sky. Right. And that's, uh, I would assume, the namesake of the band. Probably. And not that he was like, I should figure out a way to work <laughs> the name of the band into a song. Well, I mean, maybe he does say that he starts his songwriting technique with writing the instrumental for the music and then figuring out the lyrics later. Mm-hmm. So it could be he was like, well, I'm calling myself Mimicking Birds, and I've been doing that since like 2004. I'll I'll write it in here because it, it fits. You know, it, it, that could definitely be a thing he did. Mm. Um, well... Th- yeah, regardless, I, I listened to that album a shit ton. Right. Uh, they released this album, and I remember kind of not being as into it, because that first album is very much... It definitely sounds like a bedroom, like acoustic. Yes. It, like, it's not, it's not necessarily lo-fi, just... Uh, it's a very intimate, very personal and introspective mm-hmm. album. Yes. Uh and that really spoke to me and i was expecting more of that from eons mm. and then when i didn't get that i was a little disappointed right and then fast forward to now and i'm like eons is their best album by like a significant margin. right yeah <laughs> and so actually it's really interesting because last week you were talking about how um listening to wilson you were like this is just mimicking birds but worse or not as good yeah um and that's why you recommended Eons and put it on on your list. And listening through this, I was just like, this is... I kind of see where Jared is coming from with right. this. Um, but it's very different. It's a very yeah. different album. I, I realized that uh, that really I was thinking more of, of that first album, right. listening to Wilson, where it's much more, much more intimate and much more uh, uh, sort of closed off and yeah. isolated feeling. It feels like he's playing just for you yeah. type thing. Yeah. Uh, the only other two notes that I really kind of want to make before we get into the album proper, mm-hmm. uh, is that Nate Lacey uh, sees music as a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't ever supposed to be his job. He, um, so if it doesn't work out, he's like, okay, I, I, I can just work a job for the rest of my life. That's fine. Wow. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> um, and also that he's heavily, heavily influenced um, by Oregon Outdoors and by Oregon Winters, specifically Winters at the Oregon Coast. Yeah, it, uh, actually, so uh, I have the album on vinyl, and it's mm-hmm. up on the wall right now. There's a spot that right. whatever spinning goes up, the, the album artwork yeah, yeah, yeah. goes up. Uh, there's a sleeve, uh, you know, lyric sheet inside, and it's a picture uh-huh. of him definitely on a log at the Oregon Coast, <laughs> like, looking right. out at the ocean. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there are so many, so many of the lyrics, especially in this album, that point specifically to very like northwest things. Oh yes, and and uh, northwest coastal stuff. Yeah, this um, is this is definitely the most 
relatable some of the lyrics are, even though his lyrics lyricism is very out there, very well well thought out, um, very obscure in some ways. But you just kind of feel like, yeah, no, this is someone who grew up in the same area that I grew up in, went to the same beaches I went to, camped in the same places my family camped in. Right. yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a, very familiar and very yes. uh, welcoming. It, it's it's all it feels exactly like this time right now feels like no, mid November, where it's just like oh yeah, th- the entire day it was sunny, and then for an hour it was sideways rain, and I, then it was sunny again. I feel justified now because I uh, I loved making playlists mm. on Spotify when I was a teenager, and uh, I would make a playlist for each uh season season did i mention this in you did last time well, but also fuck me I, I remember this well because i was like oh wow jared made a season's playlist. well okay How fun. so so you know that on spotify when you make a playlist it just takes the first four album artworks and that's yeah. the and it tiles them and that's the the thing right uh that's that's the picture for the playlist. Every single one of my autumn and winter playlists up to autumn music four and winter music three are <laughs> The the first two albums, <laughs> uh, well, no, what whatever. Anyway, mimicking, mimicking birds, birds is yeah. always on one of those. I think that makes a lot in of sense. some capacity. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So let's get into the let's get into the album. So obviously, you're a massive fan of this album. Yeah. Um, I love this album. I I love how musically diverse it is. How creepy and ethereal the entire like mm-hmm. feeling of it is. Specifically, the vocals uh, lyrics are beautifully haunting. Um, and I think something that, um, in comparison to Wilson, is that the full band here is into much better effect than what Wilson was. Because mm-hmm. Wilson was more of setting a baseline for the vocal melody and and the right. um, solo performance. It was, whereas, it was practically like a backing track to a spoken word album. Yeah. Whereas this is like this is a full band. Every single aspect of the band has its um, moments in the sun. It yeah, just so well produced. Um, it's kind of I I threw it in kind of like psychedelic bluegrass indie folk country. All right, I mean yeah, there's Exper- mouth harp in it. Experimental, <laughs> like, 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 uh, like there's just a lot. It, there's a lot in there. They're very, they they like going. Musically as broadly as they can and whatever fits in that yeah. uh, moment. So I think that's like, there's also, we'll get into it, but like a little bit of prog influence, like pro, prog rock influenced stuff in there as well mm. for, for, to my taste. And we'll talk about it later, but right. Um, yeah. What do you, what, tell me about the album. So this is, so this is one of those albums that, like, I love this album. I have it on vinyl. The reason I have it on vinyl is because when I listen to it, I'm listening to it front to back. So I'm gonna have a hard yes. time when we get into tracks. No, you're fine. Because you're fine. I don't, I don't specify tracks on this album. This album is one entity. To yeah, me. no, for sure. It's a, it's it's side A and side B. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I uh, yeah, this this album hits a very, uh, it hits an emotional note for me. Mm-hmm. That's that's so. Like not even a very specific feeling, but it's a feeling that they that they emote so well throughout this album. Right. No, for sure. Um, and I think that a huge part of it is that yeah, it's this is somebody who grew up in the Pacific Northwest and knows what it's like during fall and winter here, yes. and that like 
that like you said earlier today there are two types of people who live in Oregon there uh-huh. <laughs> there are people who like to go outside when it's nice and people who like to go outside all the time yes <laughs> and and uh being being the latter mm-hmm. myself i'm sure that Nate yep. Nate is his name Nate yeah Nate Lacey Nate i'm sure that Nate is also the former or yeah. the the latter yeah no for sure um, also the like i don't know how many people know this who don't live in Oregon but like we are kind of at the forefront of the climate disaster that's happening in America at at the moment. Like BC Canada uh, is getting it way worse than we are, but like we have gone in our lifetimes from like kind of livable summers to where there's like a week or two. Yeah, where there'll like, be there'll be a heat wave each year, and right. then the rest of the summer is just like you know mid eighties, mid eighties to high eighties at, yeah. at at the hottest, and then like it snows every five years. Yeah, type thing. it hardly ever snows. Yeah. It's gone from that to over the last like three years. It's like you can guarantee that summer is mostly mid nineties. Yeah, to Mo- like, mid mid hundreds. Um, and you'll have ice and rainstorms the entire time, and also your entire state might catch on fire. Yeah, in in the in the last like year and a half, we we had. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, we we went from last summer having uh, crazy forest fires yes. that that have like decimated communities mm-hmm. um, in in Oregon to last winter having a wind and ice storm that uh-huh. like devastated communities I, we lost power we actually went i went out to the coast during winter for the first time in my life actually right uh because we lost power at our old apartment yeah no we we were out of power for th- three or four days and we the first night it happened we saw a transformer blow wow like yeah. yeah, and then so and I was working delivery right. during that time. Wait, so like we came back from from the coast, and uh, ju- just trying to navigate through town, there was so, there was so much debris in the road right. because so many trees had fallen. Right, I it was we're like s- impossible to take yeah. some deliveries. I mean, we're still cleaning up after that ice storm. Yeah, and then honestly, this all happened within the span of nine months. It was Labor Day. That the forest fires hit. It was February when the ice storm hit. And then it was June when we had three days in a row over 105. Oh, yeah, that's right. Literally the hottest day ever in ever. Oregon. Ever, 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 ever. Uh, I, <laughs> well, all that to say. Yes. Uh, the, 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 main, the main thing that I wanted to get back to, though, is that for, you know, all of the people that listen to our podcast outside of Oregon. Right. Hello. Basically, there's, there's a point in autumn where it starts to rain mm-hmm. and then you will not see dry ground again for the next six months. Right. <laughs> and it keeps getting, again, like he's so aware, like eco aware mm-hmm. that like, even though this album is like, what, seven years old at this point mm-hmm. um he's just like yeah no it's the, the earth multiple times he talks about how the earth is going to like take back everything eventually because yeah. of what the humans are doing to it and also like it's a very northwest uh take on kind of religion and re- religiosity as mm-hmm. well throughout the entire album it's a See, within that sh- um, existentialism, human yeah, dread I, aspect. I see a lot of the lyrics as very nihilistic and very nihilistic. I, you know that that really resonates with me. I'm uh, I'm a nihilist, and like having somebody sing these beautiful songs to me about how like you know, hey, you're gonna die. Yeah, everybody you know is gonna die. That is okay. There's no inherent yes. meaning behind it. 
and life will continue on mm-hmm. after this. Right. Not yours, but life in general. Something- and that's pretty fucking neat. Which is hauntingly beautiful, which I think is a, a good summation of the entire yeah. album. It's, if you had to sum it up in two words, yeah. that's, that's um, uh, very accurate. I also said that this album sounds at home in a, in a large venue, a small club, or um, at an open mic night. Like, all of the songs would fit in any aspect that you would go and listen to music to. Don't ever say that Mimicking Birds should play an open mic no, around not, me again. <laughs> Don't ever. No. Okay, how about no. the, Let me... Let me uh, say Mimicking Birds would fit at a large venue, a small club, or in a bedroom tour. There you go. Yeah. Um, Also, this album almost made me cry like multiple times. Oh, yeah. It is so emotionally... It takes you places. It is is so... I would also like to say real quick that uh, although this is a band that I have listened to regularly for a long time, um, this was... This was the first time that I really, like, put this album on, like, during the day in the living room. Uh, And so this was really my partner's first, like, real exposure to this album, like, front to back, like, as an experience. And now she's, like, fucking obsessed. Yeah. Like, (laughs) that'll happen. We've listened to it multiple times for the last three days. Yeah. No, that'll happen. That'll happen to you. Yeah. No, it was actually really funny because I was listening to this and be like... I kind of see why Jared compared this to Wilson, but like this is this is it's still indie folk, but it's very different indie folk yeah. on, on multiple times. And I was like, this is yeah, it's it's more upbeat, you know. There's more going on, and whatnot. And then I kept listening to it, and then I was actually doing dishes one night listening to it, and I was just like, oh shit, it hit you, it hit me. So yeah, just fantastic. So let's start um, as we always do at the start, at the beginning, yeah, memorabilia. What a way to start. Oh, it's so good. What a way to start. Um, great drive the entire time. It's the intro to an album that you would want. Yeah. Um, it, it really sets up like it's going to be driving. It's going to be ethereal. It's going to have a little bit of little bit of, of shoegazy uh, vocalism on mm. it where you don't really know what they're saying, but the vocal line melody is its own instrument in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then you look into the lyrics and you're like, oh, what? That's what he was saying? I'm actually going to go grab the lyric sheet real quick. No worries, you're good. Also, this whole band is so on point. They're so locked in for every single track, and especially this track. Like It is just so interconnected so well. And the lyrics that I pulled out, because it's really fun going from a band that where like, these lyrics are not even worth talking about to a band that's like, no, the lyrics are are the band, in a sense. Yeah. Um, not fully, but like a large... Aspect. So what I picked out was um, cause because the separation is stressful and you're weak in the knees, sneezing. Immunity is slipping. I'll breathe one whole chest full of blood into your heart and I'll live forever helping the beat. I'll help your blood beat and I'll push and pump more of it to your feet. Yeah. Fucking great. Just great. It's this this whole album is like this where it's like. Uh, musically, just in terms of, of what the instruments are doing, it's mm-hmm. gorgeous. Oh yeah! In terms of the melodies, it's gorgeous. And then when you start actually listening to it and hearing the lyrics, and then looking into the lyrics, uh, it's it's so solid all the way through. Oh yeah! Like there are so many times that uh, you know I'll enjoy something, and then the lyrics just aren't you know there. Timing is everything by Vauxhall Broadcast. <laughs> hey, it's like they yeah. they exist. They I guess I guess they serve a functional purpose but they don't serve any like meaningful purpose. Right. 
And then when you have lyrics that are this potent, I affecting. guess this this affecting, oh yeah, it all comes together. Also, another great bassist. Oh, yeah. Another great bassist. Another great bassist. Another great bassist. Doing exactly what they need to be doing. Yeah. Okay, so now we got now we got two things on the tape makers drinking list. Ten by Pearl Jam. <laughs> and, ah, oh, what a great bassist. Good, good, good bass lines. Get a drink. Um, yeah, also his, like, very breathy, almost there... Um, Singing, yeah, also fantastic it's, choice. Um, it's very, uh, it's it's very intimate. It's very like mm-hmm. uh, small, uh, you know, not project like not powerful. It makes you want to um, lean in to yeah, like hear exactly. what he's saying. Type, yeah. Thing. It's like it's almost like he's whispering to you, but it's not that. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. what a um, fantastic song. And, but but what I appreciate about his voice so much on this album specifically is that he doesn't exclusively sing that way. Oh no 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 yeah. Um he he uses falsetto very effectively. Yes. He, there are times where he's like belting like like oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. he where he's full on like projecting we'll and there, singing yeah. out yeah um it's Just, uh, all around really happy with it like you listen to the song and you're like i want to listen to more of of what's coming next um and then what comes next josh uh, what comes next is acting your age this is my um, favorite Really? This, this is, is your my, favorite? This is my favorite mimicking birds song. Mm, it's a it's a fantastic song. For sure. Um, also, this is where it, I feel like it starts to get a little, little more bluegrassy. And mm-hmm. mostly when it comes to like saying it's bluegrass, folk, or country, all of it sits within his uh, playing of the acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Like the way that he either picks along with something or, or plays. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only reason there's like different versions of. Want to want to pass me one as well, mm. um, but yeah, like that's the only reason I think there's different versions of f- folk country ish w- within there. Um, but yeah, beautiful singing, beautiful lyrics. The backing band just lets the lyrics carry, and then they provide more emotional range when the lyrics are not being sung mm-hmm. um, which i think is a fantastic production choice on their end or just songwriting choice on their end i don't even know if that's production yeah also solid production throughout the entire album oh yeah i can't i can't name anything that i would change about the production of this huge difference between Wilson we already talked about this but the huge right. difference between Wilson and, and this album is that uh, with Wilson it definitely felt like there was a backing track for the for the lyrics right and this is more like 
the music feeds into the lyrical content. Yes. And that the the band exists and fills in everywhere they need to when they need to. It's in concert. It's it's part of the same expression of the emotion, the lyrical content, the the feeling of the song. Yeah, yeah. I know for sure. Um I'd also love it if we could grab playback more toward the beginning. Uh the first the first verse is some of the most effective lyricism on this album to me. That line, uh, pathways, holes, and cords connect everyone to each pair of lungs inflating under the sun. Mm. Warm eras shift back into ice ages. I go extinct and retrogress to simpler phases. Like oh, it's the, so good, such such a like he's uh, such a talented songwriter. Yeah, rhythmically the the delivery is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, fuck, who would have sat down with those chords and been like, <laughs> right. I'm going to sing with this rhythmic inflection? Right. Well, especially the fact that he wrote the instrumentation first and then figured out the lyrics. Like, yeah. what the fuck? That is talent. Um. But that, and, and these are like the lyrics that are that are like right. you know this this is like we are temporary not just uh-huh. like we hu- like you and me but like humanity as yeah. a whole is a temporary Everything that endeavor. exists now yeah. um you yeah, know and I think also it, it it says a lot about how talented he is as a songwriter that I listened to those lyrics and I'm like yeah those are great lyrics but then I picked out different lyrics right. <laughs> as the ones that I so I picked out. Um, a low tide exposes what hides in a high tide. For every right, a wrong is right on the other side. Cornfields turn beige and into mazes. Planetary systems go through certain phases. Again, just this whole like there is a there's a there's an ebb and flow ebb to and flow to everything. There is there is good, there is bad, there is a different side to everything that is currently happening right now. Mm-hmm. Eventually things that are beautiful change and then become different beautiful things yeah change um, in, change is inevitable and all there is is to accept it yeah just like f- fucking hell yeah um getting back to the, the song more broadly though <laughs> um it, the vocalization at the end which is kind of the first stuff we listen to i think is very effective um every, almost every single choice that they make is the right choice mm-hmm. um to convey the emotion that they're trying to convey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the use of the electric guitar at the very end to take over the same vocal melody line. Yeah. I think it was also a very fantastic choice, which goes back to what you were saying of this is a, this is a full band conveying of a full right. thing rather than Wilson. And, and was, they know where to pick up mm-hmm. where the, the vocals like not uh, where, where it's well-written music. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. Really? Like when you the, listen to this, you're just like, wow, good music. <laughs> All right, so I want to talk about Owl Hoots next, which for me, this is... Are we going to go track by track on this I don't know if we'll go track by track because we're going to talk forever about each track, but for me, this is my favorite album or track on the album. This this is what does it for me. It's a good pick. Um, The intro, the bass and drums almost has like an electronica feel to it, Mm -hmm. like overly heavy bass, overly heavy drums, feels a little sampled, but you know it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that very subtle, like slightly country, 
the resonator guitar. Resonator guitar over yeah. the top of it. It just like such oh, a good decision. Such again, great production choices, great musical choices throughout mm-hmm. the entire thing. Uh, the bass on this song just goes. It just goes and it's oh, like yeah. I- I'm doing my thing again. Great bass. <laughs> um, the whole song builds so perfectly. Uh, oh, got it. Sorry. There we go. Um, and the drums get faster or at least more active mm-hmm. throughout the entire song. Um, it, 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 they add additions of piano for, I think, the first time on the album, if I'm not mistaken. No, there's piano on uh, on uh, Acting Your Age. There is? Okay. Um, but I, I noted the addition of the piano because it becomes more frenetic, and this entire song becomes more and more frenetic over the entire time, and I, I love that mm-hmm. about it. It practically sounds like a, a a film score. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I can I can see that for sure. Um, I don't know why, um, but if you are local to Oregon, um, or at least Northwest Oregon, mm-hmm. um, this will make close. It, the that sound just feels like Astoria. Uh, like to me, like if you go to Astoria and it's a it's a raining sideways day, and you're like, well, I'm still going to go up. I've only been to Astoria in the summer. So oh, okay. I, so if you go to Astoria in a raining sideways day, and you're like, well, I'm still going to go up the Astoria column because I want to see the nice view. Right. And it's just wind and rain, and it's just gray skies, and everything is so dark and dour, and you're just looking over, and you're seeing the Pacific Ocean on one side, the Columbia on the other, and this uh, collision of wind and ocean and river together and just everything is covered in this like foggy like yeah, dark I cloud can, layer i can picture it yeah yeah that fantastic that certainly fits that atmosphere yeah. <laughs> This is one of the tracks where he uh, he opens up a bit more with his yes, voice, for sure. Um, and there's a lot more power coming through. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. This is also uh, my partner's favorite track. Oh, it's a album. great track. Great choice. Great choice. Um, so the lyrics I picked on this track as like the most affecting mm-hmm. um, was, "How do you interpret the train whistle as as a as a winter moose foraging further toward human refuge?" And how do you envis- envision the future being as the sea slowly eats land and spits everything back as sand many eons beyond being long gone? Fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the, the entire song is just about, like, how do you misinterpret something that's, like, a train whistle? Yeah, you, like, yeah. how do you misinterpret that? And you think this is, an like, so Owl Hoots comes from, like, you hear a train whistle and you're misinterpreting it as an owl's hoot or you're hearing an owl's hoot and you're misinterpreting it as a train whistle. Like, what are you doing with mm-hmm. all that? Um, I also love the fact that the 
longer the song gets, the more frantic his vocal delivery gets. Yeah. And the more it sounds like he's pleading desperate. To yeah. You. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. It's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, see, I this is why I said this was going to be a boring episode is because like every track that we talk about is just going to be like every decision that they made here is proper. Every I wouldn't change a goddamn thing about this album. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, this is the this is the first time on the album I was like, oh fuck, this might make me cry. <laughs> like it, it's so effective in everything it's trying to do. Yeah. Um, and then the next song I want to talk about is Spent, Spent Winter. Winter. Yeah, <laughs> we're going track by track so far. Uh, um, Spent Winter is probably like really close to being also my favorite track on this. Album. It's a it's a fantastic track. I do not blame you for that at all. Um, for me, it's. It gets more into that country feel than folk feel or bluesgrass bluegrass feel, which again, I have. That is like my safe ground when it right. comes to music, uh, which is like roots, bluegrass, folk. Yeah. Um, so that way, I, I, that's why I feel more confident saying like, there, here's these like very subtle changes between all of these different like right. Americana musical stylings. Right. But, yeah. Um. I also think it feels a little experimental, and this is where the prog comes in a little bit Okay, for me as well, um, just because they switch tempo up so often, they go from fast to slow a little yeah. bit more. It feels uh, a lot more musically it's, broad. It's the last tempo change at the very end where they go yes. from fast to the super slow at the very end. like how it gets very very rock and roll at the end oh yeah it fills out like yeah. that's it, part of what i love about this album as a whole is how drastically it'll go from very uh very small intimate feeling yeah. uh, soundscapes to very large very full production heavily layered things yes um without without letting you know that that's happening <laughs> right and yeah. suddenly you're like oh here we are. Wait, we were we were back there, and now we're here. How it's, did we it's get almost from A like, to B? It's almost like it musically relates to the concept of almost. large change over large amounts of time. Right, yeah. <laughs> also, uh, I think the song is a very well-needed response to the last song. And mm -hmm. I think lyrically, it is also a little bit of a response to the last song as well. Mm -hmm. um, the lyrics I pulled out was... Uh, Able to know where each road goes, but not the infinite in the coincidence each inch of it holds. Able to see where each branch leads, but in the infinite in the arrangement of the cells in each leaf. Like, kind of talking about, like, uh, this is a little bit more of, like, um, religious cr criticism, I mm -hmm. think. Um, talking about, like, a 
people or God or whatever that has this ability to know everything, but also doesn't know the deepness of every specific thing. Like, what is that? What's going on there? Mm-hmm. Type thing. Um, a broad, a broad understanding without uh, an understanding of the minutia. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I. So I don't have notes on this. On this. <laughs> You're fine. I yeah. wanted to sit down and do notes, and I was like, I don't know if I can. No. <laughs> yeah. No. That's that's fair. holding the uh the, the lyrics the as record. we speak i'm yeah. holding the record insert and actually uh isaac brock played electric on spent winter oh yeah sounds good it's uh, really good electric yeah also this entire song has this like it feels like you're swirling or like you're in a um a very northwest fall winter where the wind is just yeah it, it around feels you. like you, you've been caught up in a mm-hmm. in a uh a river yeah, me. like you, you the the water just kind of kind of comes out of nowhere and takes you. Yes, for sure. Um, um, all right. But real quick, real quick aside. Right. Uh, one of my earliest memories. I remember the very first time I went to the coast as a very young child mm-hmm. because. I saw the ocean uh-huh. and then just sprinted toward it. As a young child does, yes. I, I, I was, I was, I couldn't have been more than like four years old, maybe. Uh, and I, it was just like I had never been to the, uh, never been to the coast, never seen the ocean, and I saw the ocean and just started sprinting toward it. And like right. my family's like all like back, like setting up chairs and like putting up an umbrella or whatever <laughs> shit they were doing. And so nobody noticed until I was in the water and getting knocked back and forth and pulled back and forth in the water because yeah. I was so small that like just being out in, in the small current was enough to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what this song feels like to me. It's yeah, that no, that's very fair. early memory of like, oh, I am going to die now. <laughs> Thanks. The Oregon coast. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. No, my, uh, my Oregon coast memory is like the first one I have is we had some like frisbee or something at the coast and you know oregon coast wind for days some we lost it or whatever it was like a beach ball or whatever and it literally like five of us i was like probably five at the time but like Mm -hmm. me and then a bunch of like adults just chasing after this beach ball or whatever it was or frisbee just rolling down the the beach mm-hmm. away from us way quicker than any of us are running. And it's just, <laughs> some of them are like tripping over themselves or whatnot. Right. And I think eventually we got it or whatever, but like just that feeling of like this thing that was ours is now just gone and it's, it's going forever. No matter how hard we chase after it, we're never going to get there. And that, that also is kind of like a feeling of like mm-hmm. the song has. Yeah. It's so it's, many, it definitely, it, it, it feels like something out of your control is yes. heavily affecting your experience. Very relatable. <laughs> Very, I don't understand. I'm in full control of every aspect of my life, Josh. All right. Uh, the next one I feel like we need to talk about is Nightlight, unless you want to talk about Bloodlines. Um, I mean, 
I'd be happy to talk about any song on this album, but right. let's keep it. Uh, let's try and save as much time as we can. Um, I think the only thing on Bloodlines I want to talk about is the fact that it's the most listened to song on the album, on Spotify at least. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like, this is the only one with over a million listens. I, so it's probably the. I think that makes sense because it's uh, the most straightforward pop, I feel like, on the album. Yeah, and it's definitely the most uh, welcoming. Most on the album, like, for sure. yeah, most listenable. Yeah, um, and then the lyrics I pulled from it was, uh, "I'll ask your ghost if he can remember me, because I am the creature of mixed-up energies in t- times of restraint, living in captivity, and on the other side, more mountains slide away from their fault lines and taper into new shorelines." That's good shit. <laughs> it's it, like all of the lyrics in this album are so good. Yeah. And also the last minute of that track feels like a completely different song. Yeah. Which they do one other time on the album, which is a choice, but it is a choice that works, which yeah. I, I, I applaud them for because that could have easily gone sideways for them. Right. Um, so, yeah, Nightlight. Um, this is exactly what being like organ summers feel like. Mm hmm. Um, they add owl hoots and outdoor sounds at the very beginning, which I think is fantastic. Right. Very folky country guitar work in the intro. Um, the vocal effects for the um, first part of the song, which is like three-fourths of the song, mm-hmm. for me at least feels like he's coming towards you and then away from you at the exact same time. <laughs> like, I, I don't know exactly how they produced the vocal track on this song, but that's it's a, it's a fantastic choice. Mm-hmm. It feels very distant, but very inviting at the same time. Um, and yeah, it's the, this song is the sound of going out camping with friends during the summer and then having existential, like existential conversations about life and existence while yeah. getting drunk or stoned or doing <laughs> other recreational drugs, you know, like, yeah, I, it's also, um, you know, I don't know how much the these lyrics relate to Nate specifically, but it seems like it's the most kind of introspective he gets on this album. It feels like, very personal. Mo- you know, most of this album is kind of these very uh, large conceptual things right. that he's talking about. Um, very, very existential, very nihilistic, very like t- speaking on large time scales. Yes. Eons, you might say. What? Eons. Um, and these lines at the very end I am a working man. I've lived a long day using my hands. My dad is a working man. He's lived for a long life providing for his family. Mm. And my mom was a working woman. She worked her hands to the bone, to the grave, to meet our ends. And like I, you know, ju- just having this little yeah. moment at the end of this song where where he's talking about, you know, his his life, his yes. his small moment in this massive universe of ours, right. um, and and uh, oh, every time it gets me, every fucking time, dude. Yeah, that's fair. Also, that it that's a completely different f- vibe than the rest of the entire track. Like it, it feels different. It's different voc- um, production on the vocal track. It's it's much less instrumental. It's more just the vocals. There's mm-hmm. a little um, additional, like one of the few times that they add an additional vocal track and, yeah. and overly affect it. But instrumentally, it's very empty compared to mm-hmm. a lot of the rest of the album. Yeah, and then um, the vocal addition that they have at the end is um, someone with a very distorted, kind of radio-ish. Um, 
sound mm-hmm. to it, repeating him saying, "I am a man of a, a working man, and I, I have a father who is uh, was is a working man." And mm-hmm. then they don't do that on my mother was a working woman. Mm-hmm. They just cut like, it off. oh, fantastic choices just throughout the entire this entire track. This is also a, a track that is on the longer end, and I think this is mm. one of the, the few like nitpicks I have with the entire album. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it goes on a little long. I think the bridge, uh, they could have shortened it a little bit because mm-hmm. there's like two or three different um, phases of the bridge, and it just feels like they stay within those phases just like maybe a, a two or three measures too long, mm-hmm. but that's kind of my... One of my only complaints about the entire album. Well, I'm taking it personally, but that's okay. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to uh, see you in the alley after this. Knives only. Yeah, you um, can bring a knife. <laughs> um, and the lyrics I pulled um, on this is, As long as both of the poles stay frozen, flow the river of our blood, because as t- the times cha- time changes, so will the path we've chosen. And over rippling mountain afternoon thunderstorms form. Later, all of the sky will clear up. Stars will appear, and they'll make night light. Just very evocative. Puts you in a place. Puts you in a, a, a feeling and a somewhere you've been before. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to talk about water under burned bridges? Or I. See, it sucks. I really do wish I had done notes on this album because, mm. like I said, I this album right. is an experience to me from beginning to end. Right, and like that's that's how I always approach it. Um, and it's the it's side B for me that that is the most applicable. Mm. Where it, where it goes from these are very cohesive songs to yes. this is one. Like the side B is one song to well, me. Well, side B also, if I'm not mistaken, starts with Nightlight, right? I believe so. Yeah. Um, and so every single song does begin with the last one ends as well on on this side, which mm-hmm. I think is very very um thought out, mm-hmm. very very well thought out. I'll, I'll play a little bit of that for you so you can remember a little bit of this what this song is so this is a track that um Probably has the most instrumentation in it. Mm-hmm. It's very sparse lyrically. Um, I wrote down um, that the middle of the song drags a little bit, but the transitions super well into the second part mm-hmm. of the song, which again is just like some of the longer songs. They stay on one musical um, idea just like a touch too long for me, but not anything too egregious right. or anything. 
I, I want to point out real quick, I don't know what they use to uh, obtain that, like, howling wind sound right. that goes yeah. on through the, I guess you you call it a chorus. Right, yeah. Uh, the, it's like... I think it's, it's a, I think it's a synth. I'm not sure though. I mean, I I don't know. I but it it's so effective at putting you like this whole album. It just put it puts you in a different headspace and a different fi- different yes. physical space. Oh, for sure. It, it's transcendent, bro. Ooh. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, the lyrics the lyrics I took, which are the first lyrics um on the track are sap leaks from all the trees bleed and green recedes and from a leaf as autumn leaves while north winds relentlessly bend all of the octopus trees then shift west south and east sun breaks over the same human race by whom you were erased as time takes over all your namesakes then removes your name tag again existentialism eco like understanding climate crisis like yeah. everything that um they're about also the i mean this in the nicest way possible and i f- i understand this is going to co- come across as a very like pretentious dig maybe a little bit uh-huh. but it feels a little bit like this would um be on the deadliest catch like that old tv show it of is, like it is a little melodramatic yeah, yeah. yeah. i can see that but, on its own but in a in a really really good way it, it gives you that feeling well, of work working class northwesterners i guess i don't know i i would argue that in the context of the album where it sits, sits mm. in the track list uh they've they've properly built you up emotionally to that point where yeah, you no, can sure. where yeah, by itself, I can see that song being like a melodramatic, like uh, yeah, we're, uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> deadliest catch. Yeah, um, but in the context of the album, where no, it's like sure. we've gone through, we've gone so through this, much this lyrical and sonic journey up to this point. Yeah, um, that that something this dramatic is is earned yeah also it's, it's one of the it, this is one of the few times because i say i say something's unearned so often right when we're talking this about earned. this stuff this is earned as yeah. fuck like the this song is supposed to be in this spot on this track list mm-hmm. and if it was earlier it would be too soon and if it was later you would have missed the window yeah yeah also this is probably the most spacious mm-hmm. um instrumentally throughout the entire album and, and it works so well like it just breathes yeah so so well um do you want to talk about anything else specifically? Um, we can skip to moving on just just yeah. because we we've gone track by track, uh, and we have the same things to say about every single track. We're just like it's fantastic, so well, so well lyrically, so well instrumentally. Josh thinks it drags in the middle. <laughs> Only the ones that I'd go over five minutes. That's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay, moving on. Um, very different, very different song. Starts with piano. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of noise in the background as well, which I appreciate. It's yeah. very, very uh, well done. Uh, what do you think? Um, it's the, the the piano focus that's on this track um, sort of like implies that it's supposed to stand a little bit separately from the rest in a, right. in a given capacity. Um, it's It's always felt to me like you know it's the last track last track on the album and it's sort of like a sort of like a goodbye but more mm. in the sense of like you've just like buttoned up your kid's jacket like you've buttoned up your kid's <laughs> right. coat and you're like sending them out in the world 
to it a little later when we listen to it a little later in the track but mm-hmm. the uh, piano and the synth interplay a lot and yeah. take over what the other one was doing and then replace what the other one was doing uh in a way that i'm really impressed by it, it's not a choice i would have thought of for mm-hmm. sure and i don't think it's a choice most people would have thought of but it's a very inspired very conveys an emotion kind of like what you were talking about of this very real thing that's happening of you're sending a kid away and then when the synth comes over, it's like, well, now you don't know really what's happening. So you have to kind of invent yeah. the, the day <laughs> for, that, for that kid um, in your mind. Also, I love the drums just going off. Yeah. Like, he's the drummer had spent so long being in the background, and then he just, this is, I think this song is just um, a little bit of bass, piano, and synth, and drums. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the credits on this song right now, and the only credit there, the only credit there is, is Jeremy Scherer programming. There we go. Yeah, and that, that's fair. There's a lot of program synth in this, um, for sure. Yeah, I the it, it builds into this sort of like um it it, uh, it feels like um kind of you know again this 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 feels like earned uh emotional drama to yes. me at the end of this album because of just how good like and how cohesive it is up to this point. Oh yeah. Um and so like for me this hits as this kind of like you understand now go forward mm. like that's that's what i mean with like right. you, you know you've got like you've got this child that you like created and bore into the universe and now right. like you're dressing them so that they can face the winter right. because they have to and you're like now like go and and you you understand now and you're equipped now go and and face this go forth go, in it. go face this infiniteness yeah. that that we all have to face go, go forth and experience yeah yeah i know um it's a fantastic end to a fantastic album um the lyrics i i pulled on this was as the river forms the canyon walls with its weight same way the glacier scrapes shaving a new mountain face as the challenge uh, changing seas swell over the northern jetties. Pacific clouds increase and a cold wind is pulled from the east. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, that it's, says everything you need to know about it's this It's emotive. Yeah. It's effective. It's everything Everything else on that we've talked about up to this point in the album just dialed up even a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's what we thought about this album. Uh, but let's see what some other people thought about this album. Why? I don't know. It's nice to see what people at the time thought. It was seven years ago. Right. What did what did people think of this music seven years ago? Uh, so I was only able to find two reviews. Not a lot of people reviewed this album. Really? Um, which was very surprising to me. Yeah. Um, and also not a lot of people reviewed it who did review it. 
I felt did a good enough job in writing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, to where it was like, because they didn't like give it a score, but they wrote about it, and I was like, oh, there's no real good whole quotes here. You're, yeah, so. Okay. But I'm just surprised that, like, you know, there wasn't really, like, any, any coverage of it, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a crime, Indeed. personally. Musical crimes. Um, but the first one uh, comes from Willamette Week, which is a local weekly publication. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Singer wrote, but for all its hushed introspective qualities, the world mimicking birds invokes on record extends far beyond Lacey, Lacey's navel. It doesn't reveal itself in a glance. Listening to the band is like peering at a drop of water in a microscope. The closer it's observed, the more its internal universe opens up. Lacey always fills his lyrics with invocations of nature and the cosmos, of, quote, planetary systems, unquote, and reservoirs uh, filling with fluid. But on eons, he isn't merely gazing at the stars. He's traveling among them. I think that's well written. That is very well written. One of the reasons I chose chose that it, it, it encapsulates this whole idea of, like, it's very quiet, very introspective, especially some of their earlier work. But like, this is beyond him. This is beyond them. This is this is something bigger. Yeah. Um, and then under the gun review, Drew Caruso gave it a nine out of ten. Uh-huh. Uh, and he wrote with a rhythm section brought to the foreground, the band is able to make every single second of sound. Uh, emanate with the highest of meaning, making every vocal melody that much more earned. Each guitar bend resonates stronger, and every thud of percussion bring it all back to center. The important thing to know about this work is that while it de- while it is defined by song names and order, order, Eons is an open book of imagination. Yeah. All right. That's really well written and really well scored. Yeah. But you know what? That score doesn't fucking matter. Score Josh. doesn't fucking matter. Let's give it the only score that The only matters. score that matters because this is the only objectively ranked list of music. And we're ranking that out of 14. Jared, I'm going to give you the honor of going first. Uh, I'm, I am not going to pretend to give it any other score than a perfect score of 14 out of 14. You're going to give it a 14 out of 14. God damn. I'm giving it a 14 out of 14 for two reasons. I would love to hear your two reasons. One, I literally can't think of anything I would change about this album. Right. I like uh I I put this album on my list because I wanted to fight you on Wilson. <laughs> right. Uh I I wanted I wanted to fight you and spite you. Um fair. And uh it's apparently it's been a while since I since I dove into this album right. and listening to it on repeat for the last week or so has just been a fucking joy. Yeah. And I there's just nothing I would change about this album. Um What's and, reason two? And reason two is that Gil Scott Heron has been on the top <laughs> spot of the of our list since we reviewed that album. Yes. And I I think it's time for a shake it's time? up. time? Yeah. You think it's time? Ooh, well, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, uh-huh. um, and I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say it's also a 14 out of 14. Here's the thing. Coming into this, coming into recording today, I was like, I don't know which order we're going to do this in. 
But no matter what, this is going to get a 13 out of from me. Whether it's a 13 out of 13 and it's perfect, fine. 13 out of 14, also fine. Mm. But the more we talked about it and the more I thought about it and the more that like my very small quibbles are just like, oh, they stay on this thing for like a measure longer than I wish they did. And so you like, say it's not even egregious, but just <laughs> like it's your little, your little, little critique. Yeah, my very little. I'm like, you know what? That isn't worth dropping it down an entire score. If we were scoring this 120... And I was like, okay, is it a 120 or a 119? Then that's fair. Right. Then it's fair to say that's a 119 out of 120 or right. a, a 2,035 out of a 2,036. Right. That would be fine. But out of 14? Nah. This is a fucking 14 all day, every day. Excellent. And so with that, it goes square above Pieces of a Man by Gil Scott Heron as the best album of all time on our list. And I think it deserves to be there. Oh, I thought you wanted to bump it down. Um, I would like to bump it up um, <laughs> to zero. So there, it, it goes zero, one, two. Mimicking, mimicking Birds is now part of the rubric through which we score everything yeah. else. It's, it's <laughs> mimic, right. Mimicking Birds is baseline zero. Yes. All right. So Mimicking Birds, Eons by Mimicking Birds takes over the top spot on our list. Congratulations. What a fucking album. Go buy it. Way to go, Nate. Yeah. Go uh, buy it as soon as you can. It is on my list as soon as I have the, the funds to, to buy vinyl. It, it, it's on my if list. If you got the fundage, buy it. If you don't have the fundage, stream it. Because, oh, oh. If you don't have, if, if you want to super support, buy the merch. It's so good. You know, their mer- they have shirts. One of their band shirts is... Uh, like a like a forest ranger emblem. Oh, I love like, that. Like the little That's great. the little yeah, 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 seal, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it says mimicking birds across it. I love that. It's, All right, so this is where the official tape makers list stands so far. Top five albums of all time. Best album ever, Eons by Mimicking Birds. Right below that, second best album ever, Pieces of a Man by Gil Scott Heron. Below that is Boarding House Reach by Jack White. Number four is I Go Missing in My Sleep by Wilson. And number five is The Beautiful Game by Wolfpack. I think that's a respectable top five. I think that's a respectable top five. It's a very respectable top five. The bottom five. The five that were just like, maybe try better next time. Mm -hmm. Coming in at the fifth worst of all time is uh, Timing is Everything by Vauxhall Broadcast. Brutal. Rip Vauxhall Broadcast. You were gone too soon. Well, so both of the albums that we reviewed this week ended up at the top of their respective sections of the list, so... They were mentioned first <laughs> on both of their lists. <laughs> Not top, but mentioned first, for sure. Um, the fourth uh, worst album of all time is As the Eternal Cowboy by Against Me, which I feel like, give it a few weeks, that, that'll, that'll get out of there. Yeah, I I think that we've definitely got some stuff on there that's going to yeah yeah I, I I think the biggest gap on the list so far is between As the Eternal Cowboy and to our number three worst album of all time Big Mess by Danny Elfman I think that's the biggest gap so far mm-hmm. or is the biggest gap between number three Big Mess by Danny Elfman and number two Ten by Pearl Jam. Also, look at us go. Not mention 10 by Pearl Jam outside of the lists. Yeah, we're doing great. We're doing great, guys. I almost brought it up talking about lyrics, but... That would have that just been too easy. Um, 
Yeah, no, bigger gap between Big Mess and, and Ten. That's fair, for that's sure. fair. Um, and then uh, rounding out, somehow coming in right behind Ten by Pearl Jam is Wasteland Baby by Hoysier. Just like... Right up in there. Really impressive that something was worse than Ten by Pearl Jam. <laughs> All right, Jared, please roll for your pick of the albums. That's a four. Again. It's a four? I, I rolled a four last week. No, you rolled a six last week. I rolled a four two weeks, technically four weeks ago. There you go. <laughs> All right, so number four for you is Bonfires on the Heath by The Clientele. Excellent. Very excited. Because uh, I feel like I've heard of that band, but I've never listened to that band. Uh, I, I, we're in for a good time. Good, good, good. All right. So I am, I'm rolling mm-hmm. for my album. All right. So I rolled a five, uh-huh. which means that we are doing the album that uh, I just replaced my Vauxhall broadcast recommendation with, which means we are doing Pure Comedy by Father John Misty. Wow, we're uh, we're making the rounds on our on our. <laughs> yeah, we're making the rounds on the indie folk. Uh, on the indie folk, I I, I meant like on albums that we've referenced in yeah, previous episodes. for sure that too that too. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited for that. Uh, just a heads up, there is like a 12 minute long track on this. Uh, that's fine. I love a 12 minute long track. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and also this was written after Trump got elected. So there's a lot of. Uh, nihilism in that as well so let's go let's go let's fucking go all right jared thank you for joining me for this album uh review yeah thanks for having me yeah of course in my house yeah (laughs) (laughs) in your recording studio in my recording studio yeah um very agreeable i thought we would fight a a touch more over both of the bands not like too much but like just a a touch more i i kind of knew that we were gonna have differences on on which tracks were good and bad on Vauxhall broadcast right that we were going to come to the same conclusion about the album Mm -hmm. and then i wasn't sure if you were going to be like i knew you were going to like mimicking birds because i know you like mimicking birds i do like mimicking birds but i i wasn't sure if you were going to appreciate eons as much as i do and then uh I wasn't disappointed. Yeah, no. Um, very, very like heel turn from last week, which is very. Uh, listen, you <laughs> got to balance it out. Listen, you got to keep the people guessing, right? <laughs> Where's he gonna go this week? I don't know. <laughs> They're gonna both agree very quickly and easily. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank everyone for listening. Uh, as always, as I said at the beginning, uh, you can find us on all podcast players that you want to find podcasts on. Uh, again, if you're able to rate and review us, that super helps. Share it with a friend. That super helps. That probably helps more than rating and reviewing, but who knows? Hit play on your phone as you're going to sleep and just put it on silent. Yeah. Don't listen to us, but listen to us. Get us those streams. Listen, eventually we want someone to be like, hey, these people are like popular. (laughs) Um, If you haven't checked us out yet, uh, Jared has been killing it with our Instagram game. Uh, Yeah, I've posted like three things. But all of them have been good. Um, So you can find us on Instagram at TapemakersPod. We're on Facebook. One of these days, you know, Twitter will be a thing, but I just need to get over like the exhaustion that i have from social media being part of my full-time job yeah um 
But you can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at uh, Josh Dollar, and you can find Jared on Instagram at Jared Richard. That is Richard with a T. Uh, you can also find him on Instagram at Medium Doormat for his uh, more professional photography stuff. My, my artsy, your artsy photographer. Uh, please buy his work. He does fantastic photography and uh, makes me want to be a better artist. Uh, so thank you for that. And uh, be on the lookout for new Shut Tiger stuff within the next few months. Whoa, hey, you're just fucking throwing that out there. I'm just saying, within the next few months, you guys will post something, whether that's a new Instagram video, <laughs> new song, who knows? That uh, is up to you. I also want to plug real quick, I do uh, update the playlist. I, I have a playlist on Spotify that I update at the end of every episode mm. with the albums that we're going to be reviewing on the next episode. Yes. Uh, so that if there's anybody out there who wants to stay, who wants to keep up with what we're listening to, right. that is a public playlist that you can find if you search my name on Spotify. Which we will have in the episode description, as well as you can find links to all of our social medias and also the list, the official tape makers list. You can find that in the episode description as well. I have been your host, Josh Dollar. Thank you, Jared, for joining me. And what do we say to the people every single time we log off? Look, don't let your fucking kids sprint into the ocean, okay? Like, I'm not saying you're a bad parent. I'm not, like, you know, I, I'm almost a fast little fucker.